And that jarring cacophony tells you you're back with the Power of Three, the Doctor Who podcast that likes to go behind the headlines. As indeed, that's exactly what we're about to do. I'm Kenny Smith and I'm joined here by our founding father making his first appearance on the Power of Three in 2024. You better say hello, co-conspirator. Greetings, Kenny. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Happy year, by the way. And to you, Tom. And to you. You better say you are Tom Harris. I am Tom Harris. I've been for some time. That's good. I'd be worried if you weren't, because I'd be thinking, why on earth am I chatting to you about media matters? Yeah, I remember there was a there was a, a, a Labour MP once called Tommy Graham uh, before he was expelled from the Labour Party, of course, and he, he he was a rather unprepossessing character, and he used to say to me, "I'm a media man," um, and I'm not quite sure he was quite as good at media as he claimed to be, but I always think of that when I would people describe themselves as being media people. <laughs> yeah, well, I suppose it's fair to say that between us, we do have a lot of experience in the media because we're going to be having a quick chat today about the Millie Gibson story, as it is known, which the Daily Mirror broke on Saturday, the 20th of January. On the front page, look who's gone. Millie dropped as Time Lord assistant and look who's new. And there's been a lot of speculation online about this as to is it true? And I thought, given that I've got 23 years newspaper experience, five years magazine and website experience, and also two years in communications on the other side of things, that this might be an interesting chat. Tom, you better explain your years of media experience as well. Yeah, well, I mean, of course, as you know, I started off my uh, newspaper journalism career at East Kilbride News, which is where you started yours as well, in exactly the same job that I occupied a few Mm -hmm. years earlier. Uh, so I stayed in newspapers for a while and then went to work in public relations for the Labour Party and then went into public relations for various local authorities, uh, including a transport executive before becoming an MP. And then after losing my seat, went back to newspapers. I mean, we're writing for The Telegraph and others since 2015. So I've got some experience, including in broadcast. Absolutely. I've got a little bit of broadcast too, but not as much as you. But yesterday was 10 years to the day since I was on Eggheads, as we record, but that's not relevant right now. So, Tom, let's have a quick look at this story, because it's here, it's an exclusive, and obviously the Mirror have picked this story up from somebody who evidently knows what they're talking about and has given them a line to say that Millie Gibson's gone and they've done the story, but of course... It'll have to be somebody who actually, you know, they can trust because you know and I know that it's easy enough to get somebody phoning up to say, hey, I've got a story for you. And it's a complete load of balderdash to be polite about it. Yeah, I mean, this is what's always kind of pissed me off about people's scepticism about the, the media. And I get why people are cynical about it. The fact is that if you've got a, an authoritative news source, which the Mirror is, 
you know, just because it's a tabloid does not mean to say it's it's remotely unreliable. It's not. The the journalists working for the Mirror and also the Sun and yes, the Daily Mail as well as all the broadsheets, the professional journalists they take their own reputation as news gatherers extremely seriously and they don't print anything that they can't check out. They don't print something from a source that they don't trust or who is or you know is not a reliable and known source. So when something like this appears in the press, the reason it appears is because it's true. I mean, that's the rule of thumb. Obviously, journalists and newspapers occasionally make mistakes, but I think people tend not to understand the extent to which journalists go to check and double-check their sources. It's actually quite rare for, uh, for newspapers to be taken to court and to be found guilty of defamation, simply because, you know, there's a whole legion of lawyers working for every newspaper to make sure that there's water time. I mean, I've, I've written columns for The Telegraph where, uh, you know, stuff that I've said has to go and, you know, be passed in front of the lawyers to give it a year and eight. Uh, they take it very seriously because the libel laws in this country are quite strict. Consequences of saying something that is deliberately wrong or untruthful or damaging are very severe. So when you see something written in the newspapers, whatever newspaper that is, you should take it seriously. That's that's the one thing I would I would say, and that's that, that goes against a lot of people's instincts because we're brought up in this country to distrust authority, to discuss newspapers, to distrust politicians. Don't you get, even get me started on politicians, but in terms of newspapers, you know, if I read that in your headline today, if I read that story, I would assume it is true unless proved otherwise. Very much so, because a lot of people have taken issue with the wording of it, such as being dropped from the BBC show, and they're basing this on the evidence that Freema Adjman did one series, and the, the fact that Catherine Tate did one, whereas Billy did two. But the thing is, we're not privy to what's been going on behind the scenes, whereas there'll be people who are working on the show, and um, there's a story in the summer speculating about Millie's behaviour, uh, we'll not go into that, but the fact is these things will be checked out and the BBC will be asked for comment and there may well be a no comment because more often than not a no comment can mean there is an element of truth to that but they don't wish to say anything to confirm whereas you'll get an outright denial if something is untrue. Has the BBC commented at all on this in the, no, in the middle? No, there's no comment whatsoever. There's, there's no quote in there which something we'll come back to shortly. Yeah. And listeners should be aware that when that happens, it's not because the Mirror has has neglected to go to the BBC for comment, it's because they have not received a response. I mean, you know, journalists working on a daily newspaper are working to incredibly tight deadlines and they, they will have phoned the BBC and they'll have said, here's the story, do you want to make a comment? You've got 15 minutes before we go to print. Now, they wouldn't have given them that short a notice, but, you know, it is it is very high-pressurised environment. And I know that a lot of public relations people, when they get a request from the press, will consider 
and ponder the request for a number of days before they get back to it. And the, the worst ones do that. The better ones understand that the, pre, the time is pressured and they will get back to them as soon as possible. And if they can't get a substantive response, they will say no comment. But people shouldn't assume that because the BBC are not quoted, uh, that it's because uh, the, the Mirror have not requested a, a, a comment. They undoubtedly will have, but they just, you know, the BBC have probably just taken too much time to get back to them before they went to print. Yep, because I mean, that's the thing that you, you not, there's no way you would run something without checking first to make sure there's an element of truth to it. Because of it just and you know and I know that we if we would never I mean for example if we were doing a story about a, a local politician there's no way you would run it without trying to get a quote from the politician from the local authority and indeed the political party to which they belong. So you're, there's yes. that, there's that <laughs> element built in. And, and uh, I think what some people also make mistake of thinking is that, you know, if the story is about me and I refuse to take the call from the journalist, then they're not allowed to run the story. I mean, that is, I've heard people suggesting that, that, that somehow, you know, that it's illegal to run a story without uh, a, a comment to balance it. And of course, that's nonsense. All the journalist has to do within journalistic ethics is to make a reasonable effort to to offer you a chance to respond. If you don't want to take that chance, you don't uh, that opportunity, then you don't have to. But that doesn't in any way restrict the journalist from running the story without your comment. Absolutely, and I think the fact that perhaps the BBC silence since then. I mean, obviously this week we've seen pictures leaking out of Shuti on location with Varadasidu, who's been named as the new companion. And at the meantime, we've seen pictures in Millie's. Instagram of her having a holiday in Costa Rica and having a great time from the looks of things. The Daily Mail and The Sun have been running pictures of her in her bikinis and uh, enjoying those as part of it. So the fact it would appear that she has gone, I mean, the evidence sort of seems to add up when you look at it that way. And it's a shame, I suppose. I mean, I, I watched the Christmas episode. I know, I know we don't really want to get into it at all. I mean, I watched the Christmas episode and I watched two of the three uh, 60th anniversary specials. And I saw enough to, to convince me that I wasn't going to be watching the new series when it comes on. But I thought she was okay. You know, I thought she was good. It's been a while since we've had... Well, I know. Uh, sorry, I was going to say it's been a while since we've had a companion who lasted quite a long time. Of course, uh, Judy Whitaker had—I uh, don't know the names of any of her companions—but there were a couple of longer-term ones there. But for me, the last long-term companion uh, was Clara. There was also my favourite companion. I thought she was just fantastic and and vastly underrated by a lot of fans. And people forget how long she lasted. Actually, she was in the TARDIS for a long time. And I think that's what this, the show needs. It needs a bit of stability and, you know, kind of long-term commitment from some of the actors. I think, I mean, I, I suspect, without any evidence at all, just my opinion, I suspect the future of the show itself is less secure than it might otherwise have been. And the one way of addressing that would be to to have kind of long-term commitment from the various participants. But who knows, that might well happen. Yeah, because it just seems strange that you've got the new show coming out and then straight away you're going for a cast change. You'd think you'd want a yeah. bit of continuity over that initial first 
couple of series. No, the first time it's happened, of course. I mean, you remember that, it's the, that on the day after Rose was broadcast in 2005, there was an announcement that, that Chris Freckleson was leaving and speculation that David Tennant was taking over. That was after one episode had been broadcast. Yep. Uh, but of course, there was so much excitement and hype behind the show at that time that, that a change of cast at that stage just added to the excitement and the interest in the show. Uh, whereas now, because it's been around for such a long time, uh, I think early departures are not as positive as they were back in uh, 2005. Yep. And I mean, something I was having a quick look through Nicola Methvin's cuttings and she's got a damn good record in Doctor Who stuff. She's she got correct that the you know the, the regular Jodie cast when they were first announced, she had them as an exclusive. She had she was the one who reported that Jodie was leaving. She had info that Matt Smith was in Capaldi's first episode. You know, there's a fair list and she's mentioned like the animations. So there's a fair list of things that she's yeah. got right. So she's definitely got decent sources I in mean, there. Yeah, I mean, I suspect strongly that the reason they have gone with this story is because it has come from a source that has proved in the past to be reliable. I mean, that, that's what it comes down to. If they if they trust the person that gave them this information, if that person has given them stories that turned out perhaps initially to have been, you know, derided and challenged, but ultimately turned out to be true then uh, that will have encouraged them to, to run with this story uh, with a fairly high degree of confidence that it, that it is true, that it's going to stand up under scrutiny. Yeah, because I mean, that's the thing. It's No journalist wants to have their reputation trashed for being inaccurate. That's something that people don't take into consideration because that's their livelihood. Yeah. Because they prove if they prove to be unreliable, they're going to be at a job before you know it. Well, absolutely. I mean, and there is this, and it's a lazy idea that journalists you know, always lie, always, you know, uh, you know, never tell the truth, and they don't care if they're caught out. Utter nonsense. You know, if you, I, I know one journalist who, who used to be quite high profile in Scotland, and he had such a reputation for making stuff up that he, he can't get a job now. Mm-hmm. You know, because nobody trusts them, and and that's good. That's that's how the industry should be working. But on this occasion. I mean, I, I, as I say, I, I would tend to to believe what the mirror has printed today. I'm very much inclined to agree. So I just think the evidence is there. The fact that she's on holiday, you wouldn't be on holiday if you were contracted. But I, I still find it strange that you know she's gone after a year or a season, and I think that's that is definitely you know the question marks. Did she choose to go, or was it always the plan, or was she? asked to leave and has been written out in such a polite way. I mean, come on, she's eight, 18, is she? 19. She's got the same this birthday a, as me. I'm 30 years older is, than her to the day. This is a massive break for any young actor to be mm. cast as the supporting actor uh, in the BBC's biggest export. The idea that you would voluntarily leave after one season is frankly such nonsense that you can't really afford to give it uh, any room uh, that is just nonsense no. I mean I obviously could be wrong but it doesn't sound to me that this is a voluntary departure yeah I mean I suppose the thing is you look at her age she's 19 she's been working since she was what 14, 15 in Coronation Street playing Kelly Nealon who was a troubled teen apparently as I read the like, no she's three years there but I suppose this is somebody who's sort of you're still quite a young person because I know that, you know, 19, I was definitely not 
anywhere near the person I am now. I've got a lot of immaturities and want to go out, get hammered with my mates. And to be fair, she's yeah. not really had the chance to do that. So, you know, there's that sort of personal growth, for want of a ghastly American term, and just sort of having had all that pressure on her. And you could understand if that was the case, that she's maybe... Um, maybe need there's a wee bit of time off to just actually go off and be herself for a while you look at Billy Piper she had that wild child phase when she went out with Chris Evans and things like that and then calm down and look at her now didn't she marry Chris Evans she did indeed yeah yeah well child indeed um but yeah I I mean I feel sorry for her in a way you know because if she has been forced out you know she's she's lost a massive opportunity um, but we don't know the details of, of no. the circumstances where this, this has happened, so there's no point in speculating about that. But it's more of a problem for those people, as I say, who intend actually to watch the new series when it comes on in May. Yeah, but I suppose that's the other thing is that, okay, there is the storyline there with who, who are her parents, her DNA, there's no trace of it, but Russell's Russell and storylines can be wrapped up quickly if you need to do them and you can find a resolution. Yeah, Russell indeed is Russell. He <laughs> said soon ended. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We know you're not a fan of RTD2, but there we go. So yeah, interesting. I mean, the other thing that just sort of crossed my mind there just when we're chatting is, um, you know, trade-offs that have been done sometimes. You know, if, if somebody comes to you with a story with certain facts, you'd say, well, if you don't say X, I'll give you fact Y instead. Mm-hmm. That's something that you know I've done in the past with uh, councils, in particular when you, get, you come across certain sensitive information, and um, if you refrain yeah. from printing something, you, they'll give you something else instead that puts more meat on the story and sort of yeah. gives you a new fact. Uh, so, if you if you read the Alistair Campbell diaries about his time with Tony Blair, uh, mm-hmm. it was actually the time before Tony was prime minister, and he was literally the opposition. And I can't remember what the trade-off in one direction was, but there was a deal made with journalists that if they could be given, if they were offered some footage of Ewan, who was quite young at the time, playing the piano in the Blair household, then in return, would you agree not to print something else? I can't remember what that something else was. But that was a fairly standard trade-off that, that Campbell negotiated, and that's what happens all the time. It happens a lot with the royal family. Um, it happens with politicians and I guess a lot of celebrities. But yeah, that's that's just that's, there's nothing wrong with that at all. That's just that's just life. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there we go. I just thought it'd be interesting to have a quick chat of um, journalistic insight into the world of newspapers, the media, and how it works. So thank you for that, Tom. You're most welcome. And of course, we should have a tune to pair with Tom. And I was thinking, we don't have goodbye Ruby Sunday, but we can always go with goodbye Ruby Tuesday. That would be fine. Why Why not? You should play it with the jam, News of the World. Oh, that's good. Let's go for that. I read about the-